0: okay welcome to into the channel podcast primarily about women's football before we hit the pitch if you enjoy the show or love women's football as much as your boys do we invite you to follow us on youtube spotify apple podcasts or wherever you like to watch or listen ratings and reviews always appreciated at itc underscore pod on x at into the channel pod on threads champions league match day four completed almost slavia Praha's match day four showdown with saint polton was postponed until january 18th 2024 due to the despicable and incredibly tragic mass shooting that took place at charles university in prague we pray and send heartfelt condolences to every family friend and individual affected by this cowardly act of violence
1: yeah it's it seems impossible to escape this kind of stuff in the world we live in today i do want to mention a few things. Prague police chief uh, Peter Matajek. he said the following at a press conference after the shooting, quote, when I saw the amount of ammunition, the weapons that he brought, what he was prepared for, I can only thank my officers for their quick action. They prevented many more deaths, end quote. So I won't belabor this point. I don't think this is why people tune into the, into the channel podcast, but Dino and I live in the United States of America, and this is Way too common. The Czech Republic's gun problem is nowhere near as bad as the USA's. However, that country's parliament gave citizens an expanded right to own guns in 2021. This is from an ABC News report written by Carol Janicek of the Associated Press. The Czech Republic has 10.9 million people. 314,000 of those people obtained a gun license by the end of last year, and they owned almost a million weapons. This is when gun rights were expanded in 2021. Now, citizens in the Czech Republic, they must be 21 years or older, quote, be in good health and mentally responsible, end quote, and pass a written and practical test in order to obtain their gun license. But once a person meets all those requirements, the authorities who keep the records don't need to inform police about the number of guns that people have, according to a police officer quoted in that Associated Press report. So I'll just say I have no faith that where Dino and I live in the USA, that we'll ever be able to unring this bell of people owning dangerous weapons of war and high capacity magazines. But I really hope, that people in other countries and other countries governments take real measures to limit gun ownership as much as possible. I just want to say I say this, I am a US Navy veteran. I've fired and I've been trained on the M16 machine gun, the M240 Bravo machine gun. I've used these things, I've held them in my hands. They're devastating, they're horrible, they're meant for war, which I have my own opinions on how much war there should be, obviously. I think it's uh, the worst thing in the world. So, I will just say For citizens to be able to obtain these type of weapons, I just think it's a path to a very bad place. And again, I'm not going to stand on my soapbox too long here, but I really do believe the only way to truly prevent as many of these tragedies as possible moving forward is to limit gun ownership, create registries, various other government measures that have proven to work, even in singular states in the United States. So I just hope that countries around the world look at USA and say, that is not a shining star on a hill. That is a place that we want to go the exact opposite direction and live at this type of gun ownership in the future.
0: Cheers to that. Um, Into the Channel is not, nor ever will be the type of show to let some asshole derail our enthusiasm or admiration for the sport we love. So today, we stay grateful for every opportunity we get to celebrate sport, to celebrate human accomplishment, and to celebrate life. I'm your host, Ian McDespedes, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Grant Engel. What's up, man?
1: Well, there really is no good way to transition out of that, but I commend you for the way you've set that up. Appreciate you giving me the space to say it, and uh, you know I obviously appreciate your perspective on these things. But we're here to talk about these great players in this incredible tournament, and what we've seen so far has been the height of Champions League football. So let's distract ourselves with this silly, yet life-affirming game that we love so much. I'm ready. Let's do it. Where do you want to get started? I don't think there's any other option for me, buddy. We got to start Group B, the early game on Thursday. Leon, the juggernauts. Two. <laughs> Braun, the lovable, not so much of an underdog. Two. Let's go. They force the draw, they find the draw. My main thing here, Braun isn't here to play. They're not here to participate in the tournament. They're here to score goals and they're here to win matches. Braun started. They attacked early. In my notes, at one point, a few minutes into the match, I just write in all caps: Braun, 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 because I just love. They're on the front foot. They're going down the wings. Everything is looking good for those first five minutes. And at this point, I'm I'm using wheeze to discuss Braun in my notes. I'm just like, we're winning the first five minutes. And then very shortly after that, that attacking posture leaves them very vulnerable. Daniela Vandedunk drives the ball pretty much all the way down the pitch. She sends in a cross. Amel Majri finishes with relative ease. 1-0 Lyon, six minutes in. I mentioned it in our other episode about Hacken where when Chelsea scored, it felt like the Hacken fans did not stop cheering. In real time when Lyon scores this goal, it was in the middle of a Braun fan chant and they did not break the chant. They just kept it going. The energy in that arena, in Bergen, and I ain't talking about Jersey, Bergen, Norway, (laughs) <laughs> the, the atmosphere in there was just beautiful, and it was coming through the screen. Leon scores 1-0. Nobody cares. They won't be deterred. Braun continued to hold the ball. But then Leon comes back on an attack, and there's a cynical foul in the box. We leave it to Ada Hegeberg, Norwegian hero, for the penalty kick. She sends McAllison the wrong way. We're 13 minutes in. We're down 2-0. And I got to tell you, as much as the confidence should have been shaken, I still was holding on to like 30% to like, I think we can still make this a game.
0: I mean, we've talked about the difference between what Lyon looks like when they're completely overwhelming mm-hmm. and what they've looked like against this bronze side. Now, yeah. let me couch that by saying the first goal when Leon's running a, a five on four fast break and they've just got... Five gazelles out there.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just it's tough
0: sprinting in unison and just perfect play, perfect execution. It feels like Leon scores in the first eight minutes of every match. Every I'm, time. I'm gonna have to go back and fact check this, but yeah. that's just their MO at yep. this point. But I'm with you. The environment there, the crowd, unbelievable. This one was not
1: over by a long shot. No, I thought the announcer did a good job of pointing it out. Another into the channel favorite, Senior Gopset showing out during the whole match. Looked like the best player on the pitch for stretching. Like different stretches throughout the match Was clearly Braun's best player throughout the match It looked like she could stand up against anybody on the Lyon side You talk about all those worldies that they have over there She's just moving the ball down the field She's juking defenders She's making the right passes She's super sharp And credit to Lyon Obviously they have world-class players They're forcing Braun to make quick decisions Braun was absolutely up for it At the 30-minute mark Braun had 60% of the ball against Leon and they looked great they were holding on to it and they were forcing Leon into playing a counter-attacking style of football but as we saw from those first two opportunities you force Leon to play counter-attack and Leon goes yeah, okay, yeah, we will do we can play that way. That's fine. Uh, Like you said, because at any given moment, they have five to seven gazelles running down the pitch at you. But what do we get in the 34th minute? As I'm feeling good, I'm like, okay, I think we're still in this. In the 34th minute, Galpset, she drives the ball down the field, takes the ball into the final third. It's like a quarter chance. It kind of starts to bounce around. As it is bouncing, looking like it might be able to be an opportunity for Leon to clear, Galpset turns away because she sees Justine Keeland coming in from the midfield, who hits an absolute laser into the back of the net. Justine Keelan, for everybody who who remembers in the last match, when she scored to pull one goal back against Lyon, kind of near garbage time last match, where I feel Braun pretty comfortably won the last 30 minutes of, of the reverse fixture. Yep. Keelan had a super surprised look on her face when she scored that goal last match. Like, oh yeah, look at that. Like, the ball fell to me and I, was able, and I was able to knock it in. This one, never a doubt. She steps up and goes, oh yeah, that one's mine and just absolutely drills it in the net. I was going crazy, down 2-1. We have ourselves a football match. Doing a little background. She just turned 21 years old. Exactly, and looks every bit of it. (laughs) The amount of young
0: talent just showing out on this stage has been really an inspiration. Yep. These players, they just do not give a fuck. They're just like ready to run. And like, they're just not afraid of the moment. I mean, it's wild to see like a Real Madrid side, you know, kind of unravel emotionally a little bit. You imagine being on this bronze side, you're down 2-0 to Leon. You called it out last week. They won that last third of the match. And yeah. that really injected some legitimate confidence into how they were going to approach this match. And they leaned all the way back on that.
1: I love it. And I feel like they get some of that confidence from. Uh, a lot of their different players here. I want to talk a little bit about Raquel Engusvik. Just a combination of savvy, smooth, but then also plays with like a bounce. Like, oh, the ball's coming to me? Like, I'm already like quick turning up the field or quick turning around and hitting a perfect pass to then set up a, a, a three-way play with like a couple players to like get the ball back into space. So clever, so smart, always on the front foot, always looking to attack. But there's that, that player again. Senior gobs She starts another run in the 38th minute. She sends a perfect pass up to Crummer, who smartly was able to stay onside. She gives it to Engesvik, who has a go. She forces a corner kick when it's deflected off a defender. It was just another moment in the match where I'm just like, man, Bron is looking good, good. They are not afraid of these Lyon players at all. But it takes me back to, I couldn't even say like, oh, they pulled it to 2-1. The confidence is back. It never left. And that is, like, yeah. the mentality that I just love about this team. I thought Maroni for for Leon, she had a moment where she had to foul Engesvik, and Maroni was already on a yellow. You could even hear in the announcer's voice, like, when they showed the replay, it was like, oh, like, Uh-oh. just, like, is that going to be a red? But she got kind of the benefit of, in America, I believe uh, the official nomenclature will eventually be the Draymond Green foul, where you already have one technical foul, or you already have a yellow card, so you get more lenience on the next foul that you commit. So she wasn't shown a red there, which I, I, I'm i fine with, obviously. And then right before we go into halftime, there's a little bit of a nervy spot for McCalson. She's able to parry across enough for a defender to fully clear it as the half is expiring. And we go into the half 2-1, which is just absolutely gigantic. I, th- I think we talk about it all the time. Those last five minutes, last eight minutes of a half Feels like they can change the complexion of every match.
0: 100%. What'd you see in the second half?
1: Braun comes out swinging again. They're pushing the ball down the field. I think Leon is trying to focus a little more on holding the ball. Hegeberg is dropping back into the midfield a little more. At least that's what I felt like I was seeing. And you'll see that a lot. You take your great striker and you say, hey, come on. Let's let's help everybody get settled in the midfield. Come on back a little bit. Track back. Let's, let's play possession. And then, so in the 52nd minute, we get a little bit of American football in this match. Caroline Holland for Braun, she has a clear foul on Horan. It's not a great foul. She gave the ball away. Horan took it off her. She fouls Horan from behind. Horan, needless to say, takes exception. She stands up and immediately shoves Holland right in front of the referee shoves her and then turns and walks away completely ignores the referee says something I'm going to guess was not very friendly to Holland after she made the shove and it looks like to me I'm curious how you experience this situation in real time the ref starts to pull the card and I'm like okay yeah Haran's got to get a yellow for that Haran says something and then turns her back on the referee and it's almost like the ref like kind of pulled her hand down and it was like I think I'm going to pull the other card and like fumbles with her pocket and as she's like fumbling with her pocket to get out the red you could see Hege run up and go, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Like everybody's running up to the ref to say, don't show it. And she shows her a straight red. Lindsey Horan, straight red in the 52nd minute. And we got ourselves a new football game, but I want to know, what do you think about the decision?
0: If you ask me as a fan, I fucking Mm -hmm. love it because Mm -hmm. now now it's game time. (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. you know, in the spirit of fair play, that was not a red card. Certainly not. Totally undeserved. I mean, I think it's just a probably bad moment for the ref. Not much else to say about it. It's just bad snap judgment. But again, we've talked about it a bunch of times on the pod. Refs make mistakes. Lindsey Ramp, that is how she plays. Uh, wasn't surprised to see her do that. I'm sure she wasn't expecting, okay, I'm risking a yeah, red here. Wait. Now we got ourselves
1: a game. Absolutely. So yeah, we got to crack the beer for this one because this is where things start to get exciting. In my notes, I say, uh, wow, that was way, way harsh. But we're in the tank for Braun, baby. So let's go. <laughs> so so Leon is down to 10 in a match that they were already kind of chasing, which is amazing to say about a match that you're winning two to one, but Braun is holding possession. Just wild times,
0: dude. Real quick before before you scoot ahead, the stats on the game: Braun sixty three percent possession. Yep, they had six hundred twenty one passes attempted to Leon's three hundred and sixty. Almost twice the number of passes, both attempted and completed. Shots on target six to one, and shots overall thirteen to eight. So Braun <laughs> Braun basically dominated on the stat sheet.
1: How do you not love this squad? Just so fucking great. Everything. I love everything about this team. So typical me. I started to get a little nervy. I was like, okay, Leon is down to 10, attack, attack, attack. And credit to the coaching staff and the players here, they didn't like immediately like ratchet up the pressure. They were like, okay, let's kind of like get a feel for how Leon is going to set their defensive shell here with 10. Yep. As a guy who knows a lot about boxing, uses parlance, it was almost just like, okay, let me get a couple like feel out rounds and just like get my distance, get my pace, and like kind of figure out where I want to be. I noticed Diani with no choice essentially at that point has to start helping way back on defense. Mm-hmm. You like that as a Braun fan. It's like, as far Far away from the goal as we can keep Diani. I'm all right with that. Even though who knows, she might score from the halfway line one of these matches. <laughs> <laughs> you never know from her. So yeah, Diani has to step way back. Braun brings Holland off. They bring on Italy, which is certainly an attacking-minded change in the 64th minute. They start to press. They start kind of leaning on them more and more and more. So at first, when I was like a little concerned, like, okay, you know, they're not directly attacking uh, after this red card. It was just like the vice kind of started to tighten and tighten and tighten. As we go, we get to the 80th minute. We have a, a few more subs. Snow game, snow game, snow game. And the snow starts coming down. We're in Bergen, Norway. The scene looks beautiful. It's just... Everything is ramping up. The ball is kind of milling around midfield, but Braun is getting their chances. They don't care about the snow. They're continuing to press. And what do you know? 90 plus three, a corner kick. There's a Braun player on the ground. It bounces around. And who else could it possibly fall to <laughs> then Senior Galpset? who drills the equalizer. I'm running around my living room just like, get (laughs) out of here. Let's go. Like, I cannot believe this is happening. And they deserved it, man. Like you said, they had 60% possession throughout the match. They had more shots. They had more shots on goal. A draw is a fair result here. You don't love the card, but I kind of love the card. I'll take it. And now here we are. Bron, everything to play for, they're way in this tournament. They are going to be tough to beat. I don't care what team they're playing
0: hundred percent. Yeah, they're going to be a nightmare. They're on seven points. Leon's on 10. And again, we talked about the other two teams, St. Poltens and Slavia Praha, both on one. So it looks like both those teams are going to cruise through. Uh, yep. But I'm with you, man. Just a sports movie, if I ever saw one, you know, right down to the snow. said obviously finishes emphatically. The ball's just bouncing around in the box feels like forever, like yeah. bodies strewn all over the place. What a moment. Shout out to our guy at Paffin Per Arne, for uh, giving us a little window into, into his viewing experience. That was pretty cool to see. Unbelievable. Let's slide over to Group A, where one match featured maximum drama. The other, not a single ounce. We're going to head over to Germany to talk a little Benfica, Eintracht, Frankfurt. This one ended 1-1. So Benfica came into this one three points ahead of Frankfurt after last week's dramatic 1-0 victory at El Estadio de Luz. I made my emotional power rankings yesterday. Maybe this will be something that we break out at some point during this tournament. Basically ranking the teams we have the strongest emotional ties to. Buddy, let me tell you, Benfica, number one in my heart. I fucking love this team. (laughs) Their attack is so freaking unorthodox. When the flow of play dictates a pass is to go one way, they'll just stop on a dime, move the ball against the grain for no damn reason whatsoever. They don't care. It's just like, uh, switch it up. And against a team high on fundamentals like this Frankfurt side, that style is just going to be really awkward for them to defend. Frankfurt, Everything to play for in this one. A win gets them back level on points with Benfica, puts them in the driver's seat for a quarterfinals appearance thanks to a better goal differential. And things were looking bright for the German side after Laura Freigang finds a streaking Geraldine Reuteler who fires a beautiful shot past Benfica keeper Lena Powell's. 1-0 Frankfurt, pretty early in the match. Where was your head at when this Benfica
1: side falls behind by a goal early? I'm with you on Benfica. Love the attitude, love the physicality, but Reuteler, what a player. Love the pace, love the smarts, You know, real poised in every match that I've seen her play. But I'm with you, man. Like Benfica, we've learned our lesson watching this team and watching some of these Portuguese players in the World Cup. They're not going to be phased either. And so, you know, they go down 1-0, I was like, "Okay, do we have the Frankfurt we got to have it game or can Benfica come back from this?" I was still I was still 50-50 at one. No.
0: I think we got both, to be honest. Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's a good point.
0: This was a kitchen sink game for Benfica. Yep. Like I mentioned, on the road in Germany, they lose the possession battle 59 to 41. They're outshot 13 to 7. They fall behind by a goal to a team, and I feel totally comfortable saying this, flat-out has more talent. Sure. benfica earns three yellow cards to frankfurt's zero so you know what that means they did what they needed to do to survive nicole reisla comes in in the 55th in a substitution we've talked we a lot of commentator talk this week the substitution that the commentator refers to as an attacking move for benfica mm-hmm. very prescient backs against the wall 71st minute lucia Alves, who gave this match her fucking all she's out there in a cast i don't know if she broke a finger or a carpal tunnel it could be anything yeah She wins the ball in the midfield. She's running towards the sideline with the ball. So she's running parallel to the end line. She's running like up the halfway line. And she's somehow able to whip a ball upfield to Kika Nazareth, who is super patient. Two little touches from Kika before firing an exquisite cross that syncs up perfectly with a darting Nicole Reisla. Right boot for a historic equalizer. That was the end of the drama, though. Lucia Alves, a tad over eager, commits an extremely dumb foul on Carlo Vamsa. At pretty much the edge of the box on a nothing of a chance in the dying embers of the match. Penalty gets called. We're now 3 minutes and 55 seconds into the 5 minutes of stoppage time. Laura Freigang steps up. No hezzy, no pull-up. No hezzy pull-up Jimbo. Just a straight up run and just a straight run up and fire it. And I felt for Freygang in this spot because she played really well in the group stage. She has played really well in the group stage. She puts the ball in basically the one spot she couldn't have. Low into the left and not particularly near the post. Precisely where keeper Lena Powell was playing for. Disaster for Frankfurt. They now need some serious magic to survive this group stage. And what can you say about the Benfica side? Just heart of a fucking champion. It looks like they have the inside track now to the quarterfinals.
1: Totally right. Great call on Raisla. She looked excellent from the moment she stepped on the field. You expect that kind of stuff from Kika Nazareth. The first thing that I had wrote in my notes, like after that goal, was great ball by Nazareth, but what else is new? Like she's going to yeah. play the ball perfectly almost every time. Raisla needed to do the work to get in front of her defender to score that. And I just thought that was great effort by her. The work rate was good. And that's what you need from a player who you bring on in the 71st minute. You're on there to be a super sub, to be an energy boost. Feel bad for Fry Gang. Like, that's not what you want there. But you got to give Powell's a ton of credit. Great read. Great guess. Yep. I'm guessing the scouting report had something to do with that. She smothered that thing. She was never going to not stop that from yep. the way she dove.
0: No chance. Excellent call on Kika Nazareth. Because while we see difference makers on this Benfica side, it's, it's always Nazareth to somebody else or somebody always. else in Nazareth. Like yep. she's just always in the mix. she's just like the connector to the nth degree on this team, and props to her, she's finding who she needs to find to basically break through in these in these matches and I think for them to have let me I just want to go back a second here for them to start off losing five nil to Barcelona on yeah. the road in the first group stage match. At that point I'm like, ah oh, damn, like, you know, was my read on Benfica, like, was I wrong on this? But turns out that I think it's just a matter of they're so unorthodox when they're really really overmatched, overpowered like they were at Barcelona. You know, that's a that's a huge step up obviously and they've got a lot of baggage from last season. It looks worse than it is because yeah. they've got a funky style. They're not the most physically imposing. I mean, you know, joked about kind of them getting in the weight room, it wouldn't kill them. You know, still to this point. <laughs> uh we'll see. There's there's still time. <laughs> Sure. but um that's just kind of the way they play in these matches that are in the balance it works for them and i think to get a big win against a big club at home and now a big time draw on the road when they needed it just fucking massive and now they've got the inside track to the final eight and it's going to be an exciting last couple of matches here both of these teams obviously still play barcelona one more time and i think frankfurt's going to need a lot of help but it's not quite over just yet still some exciting football left to be played here in group a
1: for sure. I mean, I think you nailed it with Benfica. And I think we've we've said pretty much every level uh, in like kind of that mid-tier as you're a rising football club. I think I've asked like, is Benfica a year away from being a year away? Or maybe they're just a year away. And then you watch a match like this and you're like, are they here now? Like a little bit. Are they a half year? Like, are they close? So they're in this journey. They have great players. They play a smart, cohesive style. I appreciate that you are fully in the tank for them. I got your back on this one.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah, no, this was this one my heart was all up in this one. And you know, what I like about it too is I let my emotional power rankings emerge just from watching the yep. games. No preconceived notions here. I'm watching it and I'm just falling in love just as the ball is getting kicked around. That's it. I mentioned this this other small club uh, in group A. <laughs> let me make sure I got this pronunciation right. Uh Barcelona. Oh, Barcelona right, right, right. seven, Rosen Gardenil. Another mm. dominating win for Barcelona, another match that sees goals from five different Barcelona players and assists from another four different players. Just absolutely unfair. I'm not sure what we can say about this team that hasn't been said, but I want to put a question forward to you before, uh, before we jump in here. Is there any chance that these couple matches, these reverse fixture against Rosengard could maybe have dulled the knife a little bit? Wow. And they, they might be catching a break because they still have two more matches before they go to the knockout. But they're going to play a Benfica side and a Frankfurt side that have just been through it. And I'm not sure what that's going to mean or if they're going to be, when, or what kind of form they're going to be in. But um, they have a couple more matches left against two sides that are absolutely battle tested, just at max intensity. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see. There is a three week break in between. But is there any chance of this, or am I just trying to ratchet up a little drama where there just isn't any?
1: You know, I think as we talk about these. Matches, we want to see drama. I feel like we lived this with the Kevin Durant a Super Team Warriors, where it's like, I don't know, like, you know, the Cavs really get cooking, like, or like maybe it's James Harden can figure it out in the playoffs, maybe the Rockets can knock them off. Um, it doesn't seem like this knife gets dull. They have all the nice sharpeners, They they care very much about the sharpness of their knives. And man, are they deadly at every single space. Like wherever anybody is on the field, Carolyn Graham Hansen is gonna make the perfect pass. Or she'll have a go at goal. And then you have Petri Uelo, who's out there, sprinting at you at 5,000 miles per hour. You mentioned it in the last show. During the World Cup, you said, I think she looks like Mbappe. And I fully admit, I was like, ooh, that's strong. And now I will fully admit, I was two weeks late to that take. You you, you beat me <laughs> to that one. I think when people look at the who the best player in the world is, you know, Bon Mati gets a gets a lot of run. Caldente gets mentioned in that. Sam Kerr gets mentioned in that. You know, there are five or six other players who I'm missing, who get mentioned in that. Hard to see how it's not better, Uelo, She's just too fast. You can't do anything. You can't do anything to stop her. She's big. She's fast. You always point out she's a world-class sprinter, and she's way more skilled than everybody. I just don't know what any club is supposed to do, and I'll give Rosengard credit. They were hanging in there for a while, but then sometimes Barcelona just kicks down the door, and you can't offer resistance anymore.
0: You're absolutely right in the sense that the attack comes from anywhere and everywhere. And I also want to say, I mean I'm with you on Barriuelo. She's she's probably the scariest player, That's you know, with maybe, the ball at yeah. her feet in the tournament, right? Like I think just seeing her on the other side, we went through it in the World Cup I think as well. Yes. She's just terrifying. <laughs> but I don't feel like on this pod, we've spoken enough about who I believe is the world's best player, Aitana Bomati. You're probably right. But when you see the dance that she does for that first goal, it just runs up to the line and scoots away from the line. And then just <laughs> nutmegs a defender with a pass, finds yeah. Akira Walsh, who wasn't even in the fucking frame of the video. She just she came from a, a different laptop <laughs> onto my screen to just fucking bear. She just sees things that that nobody is seeing. Like she's just an absolute wizard, her ball skills, tight spaces. She's just dominant. It's almost like, I don't even want to say, you know, it's messy, like, but for stretches, you just, you kind of see a little bit of that in the sense that you're just not taking the ball from her and she'll just scoot around and dance around and do whatever she wants. She'll shoot, she'll pass, she'll get assists, she'll score goals. She's the best player we have, I think, in the women's game right now. If you're giving me a fantasy draft and you give me the first pick, that's my first pick. I mean, I think she's unbelievable. We spend so much time marveling at the depth of this team that we just kind of
1: leapfrog (laughs) like who is, in my opinion, their best player. You know what? You've talked me off this a little bit because I I get excited and, you know, we talk about it. I I readily admit when I watch baseball, when I watch football, I have the caveman brain of like somebody does something amazing, like super amazing, like physically crazy. And I'm just like, oh, that's the best. That's the thing I want. That's why I love Giannis and and the NBA and better Uelo fits that bill. I love the way you describe it, and I know, you know, comparing players to Messi is a tricky game, but with Bon Mati, it is almost easy to take it for granted because she's so omnipresent throughout the entire match. And at the same time, she's omnipresent to where you almost don't witness it, like you don't notice it in real time, but she's also completely effervescent in the sense where she'll do a couple of things where it's like, holy crap, that's how that play got set up. huh?" It was like somebody thinking four steps ahead of the rest of the defense. So yeah, I think you've, you know, I love a good hyperbole. You know, I love a good overreaction, but yeah, Bon Mati, what am I going to argue against her being the best player in the world?
0: You know what it reminds me of? For years and years, LeBron James, best player in the NBA, Sure, but you might tune into the NBA All Star Game, and you might just see an eight or ten minute stretch where LeBron doesn't really do anything because there's right. other great players, and people are dunking, <laughs> and people are shooting from half court, and and you're just like, ah, LeBron, he's he looks all right, but he's with a lot of great players, and he's not really that. I don't know, I don't, I don't see it, you know. But sure, there's a little bit of that with this Barcelona team. They're yep. so fucking loaded. You know, Claudia Pina, she. <laughs> just I mean, gets a whack on. from Dude. from a ridiculous distance. Graham Hansen, Salma Paruela, she's on a hat-trick for half the game. You just wonder what Bon Mati would look like if she's on like a Benfica side. You know, she's getting 70% of the touches, right? And she's just kind of dictating everything and she doesn't have a bunch of all-stars in every single other position. So it's almost like she doesn't have to do so much of this, but the fact that she's on this Barcelona team and on the Spanish national team, it's almost like we don't even get to see how great she, she really is. Except for these little flashes,
1: hundred percent. So let me just, uh, you know, I, I've talked about the NWSL rights deal, how it's going to raise the salary cap, how it's going to do anything. Let me just say, you know, tana Seattle is a beautiful place to live. We're down, <laughs> we're down the winger. Uh, you know, the salary cap's going to go up. I don't know. I mean, you know, we're looking for we're looking for players. If you want to kind of show out a little more, I mean, we could we could get you the national showcase. We're going to have the nationally televised games, and then I will then immediately turn to the ownership group. Pay up! Let's go. Like, who's going to be the first million dollar a year player in the in the NWSL? Wow! I would hope it would be one of these super elite players that we might be able to snatch from Europe.
0: Still, just twenty five years old. Unbelievable! (laughs) Come on, (laughs) ridiculous. Um, (laughs) anything else to cover? This one, Barcelona, Rosengard, or Group A more generally?
1: I just want to say, like, respect to Rosengard. You do what you can against this side. Angel Mukasa, what are you going to do at that point? She's left vulnerable in a lot of different spots. And I don't think she's necessarily left vulnerable by bad defending. We talked at length of all the superstar players on Barcelona. You know, Rosengard, you got to be able to play within yourself so you don't lose a match 11 to nothing in some of these circumstances. So room to grow for them, but they're a good side. And uh, I look forward to watching more of their matches as the tournament plays out.
0: I mean, sort of tough when you face 42 shots and 21 shots on target from the oh, Barcelona side. pretty ridiculous. I mean, what is, what is Mikasa supposed to do? She's had a good tournament. She's a good She's a good goalkeeper. Absolutely. We talked about this Rosengard side too, just kind of like being at the end of their season. Long season for them. They're going to be looking forward to this, uh, this much needed break. And I think we'll see them again. For sure. All right, man. I think we did it. This has been another episode of Into the Channel. Follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to watch or listen. Ratings and reviews, always appreciated. At ITC underscore pod on X, at Into the Channel pod on threads. Big thank you to my co-host, Mr. Grand Angle, for delivering on this reverse fixture week.
1: You know, when you step into the reverse fixture, you got to have a lot of great players. So one more... Quick shout out to great friends of the pod, Per Arna over in Bergen, Norway, cheering on Braun. Thank you for the videos. Thank you for the support watching. And Tia over in, in Sweden, helping us with the pronunciations. We appreciate you guys. Just hit us up. Let us know. Are we screwing up the pronunciations of your favorite players? We'll make sure that we get it right for the next time. So we appreciate the whole squad coming through.
0: Absolutely. Shout out Cohen as well, who was checking in from in the stadium or he was on his way to the stadium and obviously got a chance to witness a big win for their squad. It's awesome. And yeah, we appreciate you guys.
1: All right. We'll talk to you guys soon.
0: See ya.